Welcome to the Benito Juarez Experience. This is Luciano Joshua Gonzalez. And Duem Navarro Rivera. Today, what we wanted to do with this episode of the podcast is introduce our listeners to specific Hispanic progressive political groups and organizations that they could reach out to and support. And also, we wanted to talk a little bit about why supporting these groups matter. John Oliver did a segment towards the end of last year where he also mentioned groups, nonprofit organizations. He only mentioned nonprofits in his specific segment, but we're not just going to be mentioning nonprofits. And we're going to be talking about various organizations in today's episode. And all of these are groups that are good, that do real work for Hispanic progressives. But one of the first things that I wanted to say is that a lot of Hispanics are progressive. Now, the reason I say this is that a lot of people aren't aware of this. Even some Hispanics aren't aware of this. There was a study a couple of years back that showed that most Hispanics prefer the government playing an active role in society and that the main group that had reservations towards this were immigrants who came from Latin America as opposed to people who were born in the United States who were born to Hispanic parents. I am someone who understands that reservation because I was raised in Honduras, Colombia, and Panama, where during a period in their history when these weren't stable governments and them being active wasn't really a good thing. But I also understand and I agree with as a Hispanic progressive that it's probably better that the government, assuming it's stable and genuinely cares about people, is more active. Because when the government isn't active, of course, there are things that are unregulated. And unregulated businesses don't always do the best things. Unregulated foods aren't always the healthiest. Unregulated drivers aren't often the best drivers. And we could spend a few minutes exploring this in depth. But I think it's better that we instead let Duem have his have his few moments to comment before we dive into our first organizations. What about unregulated gun owners? Those those I mean, people it's, it's, only do the good things. All right, good guys with guns it, never fails. No, yeah, uh, but there is. Yeah, that has been a finding few, I, I would say it's kind of funny. Uh, and you shared an article with me from last year mentioning that particular study by professors Gary Segura and who was the other, Todd Donovan, I think was. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. And two very good political scientists. Uh, and. One of the things that I find interesting is that I remember, like, I would say, time flies four years ago, uh, when I was at PRI, we did a study, uh, the Hispanic Values Survey that actually came out around this time, uh, actually it was like early October, late September of 2013. This is basically four years ago. Uh, and we basically found the same. And I know there were other surveys that were finding the same kind of stuff years before, like a lot of the Pew surveys. I remember the older ones uh, that I was using uh, 
to do data analysis for my dissertation. So this, is a, this has been sort of a consistent finding, but there is this narrative that has been embedded not just among uh, Latinos that, you know, that quote attributed to Ronald Reagan that Latinos are conservative and, but they just don't know it. Uh, that basically led to a lot of research, uh, particularly on the religion arena, that because a lot of Latinos were becoming, uh, Protestants, they were going to become like more conservatives. And to some extent, there is a linkage between being a Protestant Latino and being a conservative politically Latino. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of that hasn't panned out, right? There, in 2004, where was that election where George W. Bush got 40%, 40 to 44% of the Latino vote in the exit polls? Uh, now there's several scholars, uh, Latino studies, uh, researchers that are more versed than I am in, in that particular issue, but there's a lot of literature showing that that may have not been the case, that, you know, the percentage of Latinos for Bush wasn't as high as, as the exit poll showed, mostly because it had to do with how exit polls sampled Latinos. Uh, but also, but there, there's certainly some evidence that he probably got a higher percentage than other Republican candidates in recent memory. But after that, you know, the, the whole Republican Latinos flipping to the Republican Party never happened. You know, four years later, a record number of Latinos in exit polls voted for Barack Obama, and he sustained that high level in 2012. And Latinos have overwhelmingly voted for Democratic uh, members of Congress. And, and so, you know, so this narrative that Latinos are conservative has certainly hasn't panned out politically. But then in the public opinion research, it's also not panning out. And it's not just that aspect of government involvement in the economy, uh, that is often floated around, but it's also on, on social issues. Uh, Latinos, I remember it was a survey probably in 2011 when I first I was doing some analysis and I realized that Latinos, a majority of Latinos was already supporting same-sex marriage three years before a majority of Americans did. Uh, and the Latinos have very been consistent. And even on issues like abortion, where a lot of people say that, oh, because Latinos are all Catholics or Pentecostals, there is a strong contingent of uh, pro-choice Latinos. Uh, they're mostly in the Democratic Party. Uh, so if you're a Democrat, you're likely to be pro-choice regardless of whether you're religious affiliation. So to summarize, it's, it, it is not surprising, but yet every year... Uh, a new study comes out and they tout these numbers and then all of a sudden we are columbusing again, uh, you know, Latino progressives. 
or the fact that Latinos tend to have pretty progressive politics. And, you know, we discover America all over again uh, in that sense. So having, uh, having said that, I, we are going to talk about abortion access because of one of the groups that I'm going to talk about in today's episode. Um, but I do want to say that it's easy to think of Hispanics as being pro-life. Not only because we're Catholic, or at the very least, many of us are, because obviously not every single one of us is, but also because we are not. (laughs) Yeah, and there are other, there are definitely other Hispanics. (laughs) Are you trying to tell me something? Yes, this is this is my way of coming out as as Catholic again. Um, but specifically because, and this is something that I actually have heard Republicans, not candidates, but just Republican voters mentioned in the past, many Latin American countries are extremely restrictive in most cases, absolutely 100% restrictive when it comes to abortion. We dedicated an entire episode or actually probably about half of an entire episode talking about this in the case of Honduras, but Honduras is definitely not alone when it comes to having very strict rules and regulations when it comes to reproductive justice. And we're going to touch upon that very briefly, a few minutes when we get to one of the other groups. But the first group that I wanted to start with is a group that odds are everyone knows, even if you aren't Hispanic, because they actually have appeared on TV. There are characters who've made cameos who are affiliated with this group called Voto Latino. And it is probably the most successful, um, group when it comes to getting Hispanics out to vote and also getting Hispanics registered. It was founded in 2004, not as Voto Latino, but as a PSA project by Rosario Dawson. And she was, and she still is a very influential member of the group. <laughs> she has done a lot of work for the uh, Hispanic community. Luciano, this, yeah. can, you, can you explain for those who are not versed on Acronyms, what is a PSA project? A public service announcement project. Thank you. Yeah. And she started working. For those of you who don't know, Rosario Dawson is in fact Hispanic. Specifically, she is Puerto Rican and Cuban, and that's on her mom's side. Her father, as far as I know, is not Hispanic, but I might be wrong. But most Hispanic people consider, at the very least in my experience, most Hispanic people consider anyone, even if they're half Hispanic, to just be Hispanic. That's what I do, at the very least, and that's the way that it is in most of the countries that I've lived in. She has been involved in civil rights for quite a few years now. And Voto Latino, as far as I know, wasn't her first foray into this, but it was her first serious project of civil rights and activism. And Voto Latino has appeared on TV shows like East Los High, which is one of my favorite TV shows. And they have been doing work for over a decade now. I actually didn't realize how old Voto Latino was up until a couple of months ago when I was doing some research on them. And I found out that they were founded, not really founded, but they were kind of founded in 2004. That was very surprising. And yeah, they've done, oh, they, uh, I was going to say that they, that, that, you mentioned their media, not only the media presence, but uh, Maria Teresa Kumar, who is their, not sure what the president title is, right now. executive director or president. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the chief person 
uh, it's one of the few Latino voices in, in political shows sometimes. Uh, and so that, that also gives them, uh, a, another level of importance, not just in terms of popular culture, but in terms of, uh, talk show, talk show punditry. I feel like saying that is like a negative. I feel like saying punditry at the very least when I hear it has kind of like a negative connotation. But the work that they do is I very I don't use it that way. The very real the, the the work that they do is very real. They have the main thing that I've seen them do, but this is by far not the only thing that they do is they send out people to get voters registered and also to tell people about what it means to be a voter. They have they are very 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 good at that and i feel kind of bad for them because they're so good at it that it's kind of become like what everyone thinks of them their name doesn't exactly help either <laughs> the name kind of makes it worse they think people think that all they try to do is get people to go out and vote and that's not true they create materials to they not only have jobs for young hispanics they also create materials for voter education They try and get non-citizens educated on the process by which they can become citizens. They advocate for social justice reforms. They fight for healthcare, and they try to figure out. They are some of the leading people when it comes to the conversation on Hispanic politics, at the very least, as much as any one group can be. Because Hispanics, as we talked about a lot in the show, are a very diverse group. And to try and, I guess, pigeonhole us on any particular topic isn't going to go well for the people who are trying to do it. But aren't we all atheists and Puerto Rican? <laughs> Every single Hispanic is an atheist Puerto Rican. You didn't know that about yourself? Well, now you do. Yeah. This has been a PSA by the Benito Juarez experience. And no, but you know, it's, it's a very important group and I, I, uh, they have done some, work with some of the people I have worked with. Uh, so I'm really, I've seen their work, uh, firsthand. Uh, and going back to, you know, my previous comment was that, uh, it was in the sense that a lot of talk shows and a lot of, uh, you know, media has, they talk a lot about Latinos, but when they do, they usually have like three white guys talking about what Latinos think. <laughs> And it's often refreshing to see uh, Maria Teresa Kumar actually in those shows actually saying what Latinos actually think uh, and not making it up as from uh, whatever they saw the last time they went to eat tacos, uh, which is usually the uh, anonymous sources that most white male pundits get their Latino news from. That was sarcasm, by the way. It is very... Probably not. It is very nice. Far... F not probably far from reality. <laughs> it is very nice to see organizations that are just like, hey, we want to talk about Hispanic news. Here's a bright idea. Let's bring on a Hispanic. Like, it, it is kind of frustrating that it's always the same people. And I know, I know individuals who've actually never seen Maria Teresa Kumar on TV, but they've only seen, uh, let's say, Maria Hinojosa from, you know, Latina USA, or Julio Ricardo Valera. And both of them are amazing as well. I always appreciate seeing them on TV. But I know individuals who've only seen, like, those three people when it comes to representing Hispanic values. 
Oh yeah, and the um the pro Trump Hispanic lady. The one that everyone thought got deported but apparently didn't. So it is nice. Oh, I I I mean the the pro Trump person I usually think of is the the guy who threatened us with uh taco trucks in every corner. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot that he was a guy that existed. I just I don't know if I like repressed that memory. I just I forgot that he existed. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, well, I repressed that memory because it didn't come true. I wish I had taco trucks in every corner. I feel like this would be a much happier, possibly much fatter country if there were taco trucks on every corner. I don't know. Maybe. It depends on uh, what they put in something. Alas, alas. <laughs> Deliciousness. So do you have... So I fully... I, I wholeheartedly adore Voto Latino. I actually know some of the people that they have in North Carolina. I've spoken with them from time to time. They're Hispanic Democrats and organizers. They are a nonpartisan group, but they like a lot of the people that they support and a lot of the people they pull for are Democrats, partially because, you know, Democrats, generally speaking, have a more have a less hostile platform towards Hispanics. And also, at least as far as I know, there are more Hispanic politicians who are Democrats than Hispanic politicians who are Republicans, although there's actually a lot more of both than I think people realize. I could get you the right numbers uh, at some point. I have them somewhere in my computer. Wait, uh, are there are I'm there like actual my numbers right that showcase like that would be cool. I would be very interested in knowing if there are more. I'd be interested in knowing if I'm right. I assume that I'm correct. I'm pretty sure that there are more Hispanic Democrats who are elected than Hispanic Republicans, but I might be wrong. Oh, ye oh yeah, by by far. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I figured that it existed, but I never actually like researched it myself. So that that'd be cool to have like as part of our um, as part of the episode description. But the next group before before we go into the next group, I just wanted to know: Do you have any other further comments on Voto Latino? No, I like them. So the next group that I'm going to talk about is a group that I mentioned before. It's the National Latina Institute for Reproductive Health. There are more than a few members of this organization on Be Visible, which is a great resource. It's not an organization, but it's a great resource for especially younger Hispanics who are interested in breaking into the professional sphere. But it's awesome for any Hispanic in the United States. I've tried to get a few people from Latin America onto the website, but it's, it hasn't gone as well because there's Hispanics everywhere in Latin America. But if you are an American Hispanic, if you are an Estadounidense Hispanic, and you want to connect with people, I highly recommend Be Visible. More than a few of the members of the National Latina Institute for Reproductive Health, which is probably the biggest, as far as I know, it's the biggest minority-led reproductive justice group that currently exists. But it's definitely the biggest one for Hispanics. And what they want to do is they want to build Latina power to guarantee the fundamental human right to reproductive health, dignity, and justice. They elevate Latino leaders, they mobilize our families and communities, and they are seeking to transform the cultural narrative and create policy change through that changed cultural narrative. This is a really fantastic group that fights not only for abortion access, but also access to contraceptive use, also sexual education, 
and they do they put in the work which is one of the things that i like about them because i've actually met volunteers with them i've spoken with volunteers from this group and i know that this is a group that doesn't just say really nice things about fighting for reproductive justice but also has the kind of awkward and necessary conversations with hispanic families where machismo can but doesn't always run rampant and where ignorance about sexual education about the and about the purposes of contraception and abortion run rampant What's their relationship with the Catholic Church? I would assume are they in the it's, blacklist. Or? I would assume it's fairly bad, but I know that there are somewhat progressive Catholic leaders who have spoken with them and have spoken to them about contraception and aren't just, you know, trolls stuck in the past who are just like at the very least the contraception stuff we can agree with even if obviously abortions a no-go for us. But I would assume that their relationship with Pope Francis is kind of strained at the moment. And so, where are they based? They are based in. They're based in Washington D.C., but they also have another headquarter in New York City. They have field offices in Virginia, Texas, and Florida. Um, they actually have job openings right now for. Let me see. For any interested listeners. They have job openings for the Florida position, for the Virginia position, and they also have job openings for policy analysts and the senior director of community engagement, as well as the civic engagement manager. All of those are neat jobs. If you are Hispanic, especially if you are a Latina who's interested in reproductive justice, you can find out more about them on their website. And some of the main reasons why I personally like this group, in addition to the stuff that I've said, is also that they're receptive. So the comments and concerns of people that they are supposed to represent. There are other Hispanic groups that I know of that are interested in putting in the work, but they aren't quite as receptive to the comments and concerns as the National Latina Institute for Reproductive Health is. This is a solid group that is actually helping with research, that wants to help young parents, and that is seeking to make life not necessarily easier, but at the very least more in control of the people who are living it, especially Latinas. Do you have any other groups you want to highlight on your on this episode? I'm going to be talking about specific state groups this time. I'm going to start with the Latino okay. Democrats of North Carolina, which is an organization that I'm a member of and also an organization that I am assisting both directly and indirectly with like my political activism in North Carolina but also the fact that I'm currently trying to start a Hispanic caucus in Guilford County which is the county that I live in if any of our listeners are ever in North Carolina cool to hear from you guys i know a few listeners are i just don't know how many um so what the latino democrats want to do is this is actually statewide organization and although we're statewide we only have a few auxiliary caucuses because this is the group that organizes all of the Hispanic caucuses in North Carolina. Currently I think that counting mine I think that there's only four but I might be wrong. Um what we try to do is we try to empower Hispanics to have a seat at the table when it comes to being involved in Hispanic democratic business. 
not just businesses, but also speaking with politicians, speaking with, um, speaking about certain issues. And the organization just today had a change, not quite in leadership, but our executive board changed. So we have a few new people who are going to be helping lead the organization into a more active direction. We are a part of the North Carolina Democratic Party. And I believe we're also a part of the National Democratic Party. So it's very interesting to be involved with this organization and to see what people are trying to do in their specific towns. The main towns that we have presences in are Raleigh and Charlotte. Charlotte is where the largest caucus is and Raleigh is where the second largest one is with a few others, including the one that I am starting up having members that are generally less than a couple that are generally less than a couple dozen. So it's very interesting to be on the ground and to be trying to speak with Hispanics, getting them registered, which is something that I like to do. I like to go out and actually get people registered to vote because I can't take their hands and like walk them to the polls, partially because I don't have a car. But I can make sure that people are at least registered to vote and hopefully feel like they have a obligation a civic duty to actually go out and vote for the candidates that they think would best represent not only them, but also their families and their business. Voter registration. I used to do that. And I was your age. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy talking to people, especially, especially when it's someone who's never registered as opposed to someone who's updating their information. Although I always feel better when I talk to someone who is like updating their registration, updating their information. Because I feel like they'll probably go out and vote. I feel like they're more likely to go out and vote than someone who is just registering like today and doesn't know all the information. So that's neat. But there's also a group in Texas, well, which, sorry. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's, you know, the research shows that, uh, people who register to vote are, Like just the act of registering to vote increases very, uh, very much your chances of voting in a general election or in any particular election, but particularly, uh, big general elections. So just that particular act, uh, of registering to vote and, and, and I have a lot of respect of people for people who, who do voter registration, which I did in my day. Uh, it, it's a very important aspect. Of, of voting in the United States, uh, but also it's the fact that, uh, and we probably should dedicate a whole separate show for this, uh, about, you know, all the attacks that, uh, voting rights are getting, uh, in recent years and, and how we sh should be making easier for people to raise their actually not harder. Uh, the very last group okay. that I'm going to talk about, and I wish that we had more time to talk about this because this one's actually nonpartisan. And as far as I can tell, they actually like, they mean nonpartisan and not just in the way that like, we don't have a party affiliation, but we favor like, for one reason or another, there's people, there are more people in one party who are working with us. And thus we're probably going to feature that party more. Like there's a group in Texas named JOLT, and it's a Texas-based multi-issue organization that builds the, po the political power and influence of Latinos in our democracy. 
it's a very interesting group that I have read about, but I haven't had time to do a tremendous amount of research in. And what they want to do is they're kind of like Voto Latino specifically for Texas, but they're more than that. They organize a digital community. They move thousands, take actions. But since their goals are specifically to serve every person in Texas in one way or another, they are, I guess they don't have to worry about some of the same things that Voto Latino, which is a more ambitious group, would have to. And because of that, they're able to build up more of a face than Voto Latino does. Because everyone that I know who knows Voto Latino thinks of them in different ways, even if most of the ways that they think about them are kind of similar. There's specifics that they think of that they take differently. But with Jolt, that's not necessarily going to be a problem. For instance, one of the things that Jolt helped so, with was the Quinceañera protest over at Texas's Capitol building. So can you expand on that? So I think it's very interesting to see groups like Jolt because they... Like it's it's neat to me to not see a group that's trying to do something as ambitious as change the entire country and get not necessarily every single Hispanic voting, but at the very least every single Hispanic who is eligible to vote registered. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to mention Jolt Texas and of course the Latino Democrats, although the Latino Democrats are a decidedly partisan group, and that's okay. It's all right to be decidedly partisan. Even if you disagree with my politics, I can respect people who are decidedly partisan. But it's also interesting to see groups that acknowledge the fact that there are Hispanics who are conservative and Hispanics who don't necessarily think the same way as progressives do or as middle of the line Democrats, centrist Democrats. So one last question for you. Is JOLT an acronym? I don't believe so. I think that they just want to electrify. I'm pretty sure it's not, but I might be wrong. If I am, and if someone in, in JOLT wants to let us know, I'll happily, I'll happily acknowledge that in another episode. But as far as I know, the reason why they're named JOLT is just that they want to, I guess, electrify the sleeping Latino population in Texas. I'm... I don't know how active Texas's Hispanics are when it comes to voting, but I've heard that at the very least in the last couple of years, they've been getting a little bit more active. I don't know if that vibes with what you've heard and the research you've done, though. Uh, so, you, I mean, Texas is an interesting state, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, but I, mean, I think Latino turnout has been up in there. Not, but still not at the levels that would ostensibly flip the state. Uh, and that, that I think it's a, it, it, it's an agenda that Democrats think, many Democrats think, I won't say all Democrats, but certainly many, there are certain types of Democrats who think that demography is going to be destined in Texas. And, you know, it's the kind of people who think that things just happen. Uh, and without a lot of organizing, it's not gonna happen. And so it's, you know, it, it's really nice to see, uh, groups that are trying to flip that. Not that I didn't know that there were groups. I just didn't know much specific about Texas in particular. 
Uh, so it's good to see something like that. Yeah. So for today's questions for the listeners, I am very interested in hearing if you guys have had any experiences, not necessarily with any of the groups that we've mentioned today, because at the very least, two of them, JOLT and the Latino Democrats, are groups that are state-specific. But I wanted to know if our listeners have had any experiences with groups that are trying to get specifically Hispanic and Latino, Latina, Latinx individuals more active in politics. And of course, this doesn't just have to be voting. It doesn't just have to be voter registration and voter turnout. It can also be groups that are trying to groom Hispanic politicians and Latino, Latina, Latinx politicians to run for office, groups that are trying to get more Hispanics to study things like politics and sociology, things that go together hand in hand. Okay. My question would be, if you are uh, a Latinx person who is engaged or interested in specific issues, not necessarily just voting, but, you know, any particular issues, and if you are involved, are you involved in groups that are specific to Latinos addressing that issue, or you are in a more general kind of like, I'll use the word mainstream, but not really. Uh, and how inclusive are those groups? Uh, with not just Latinos, but people of color in particular, in general. Yeah, well, this has been this week's episode of the Benito Juarez Experience with Luciano Joshua Gonzalez. And Juem Navarro.